Hey, what's happening? Welcome to the first episode of Son One, Dad Zero. Podcast based on my oldest son knowing more than me at the age of 14 and my ability to challenge him both academically, spiritually, and emotionally. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm necessarily smarter, but I I will accept the compliment. So hey, what, what I really want to accomplish with this is, is is just have some great topics to talk about and from his point of view and mine, and hopefully bring some insight to your world. Too. All right. So one of the first topics we talked about is a PC. So, you know, I'm the guy that researches maybe consumer reports. I'm old, so I actually used a magazine to research some things back in the day. Certainly use the old interweb now, but um, one of the things my son came to me about was wanting to build a PC. He got his first uh, laptop four years ago, and uh, it is at the end of life, uh, according to his use. Um, so I'm going to be taking on that laptop. It'll certainly be fine for Dad, I'm sure. But one of the things he set out to do was build a PC. And when we looked at the budget and looked at um, what you can buy at the store, uh, it really didn't add up. So I had him put together a parts list and an expense list, and we built it. So um, it came out amazing. It's awesome, but uh, certainly not something I would have taken on, but a 14-year-old did without any hesitation at all. So um, we just kind of want to spend a few minutes talking about should you buy one or should you maybe try to build one? Because after we built it, there's uh, I look at it and realize it's it's actually quite simple. But uh, Jarek, why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Um, okay. I mean, a lot of people think just like like – Just the sound of it, building a PC, sounds like a really daunting task, but actually it's just kind of like putting together a Lego set with a few components and a few wires. It's not as difficult as it may sound. I mean, most of it, you just kind of slap down the motherboard, you attach most pieces, you make sure it goes in the case, you hook up the PSU cables, and I mean, obviously that's just, you know, very quickly summarizing it, but it isn't really that difficult, and... Uh, it's not that difficult to learn, and you can probably do so in a couple hours if you know where to look. So I think one of the things was is there was a couple times, though, where we were kind of stuck. Uh, but the yeah. beautiful thing, again, of of the Internet and YouTube and all those other opportunities out there to find out what's going on, uh, there were real simple things that we just kind of had to troubleshoot a little bit and um, made it work. So, um, Jerick, why don't you talk about a little bit about how and when maybe it would make sense to build your own or to simply buy one, you know, from the store? Um, Okay, so definitely I am with, if you can, if you are able to, definitely 100% build your own um, because usually they're a lot cheaper than the pre-builts. They usually, you can have higher quality components and you can actually put in what you want and overall it's just a lot of fun and it's a great experience to have. And it just makes you feel super cool to be playing or working on a system that you built by yourself. So um, a lot of systems nowadays, especially with manufacturers like Dell and Lenovo and uh, HP, they're going to be giving you some very low quality products. But since most people don't know what actually those things would cost if they were to build them themselves, they don't realize that they're kind of getting scammed. So... In my opinion, if you are building a personal computer for your house or if you like for gaming or working or whatever you want to do with it, definitely go with building. Um, 
if you are like ordering like uh, a bunch of PCs for like a business or something, then you might want to look for pre-builds because normally that should be fine. But especially if you're doing some more intensive stuff like playing um, uh, games with ray tracing or um, uh, like some heavy video or photo editing, you're definitely going to need to make sure that you know exactly what's in that PC and you know how to fix it if something's wrong or just build it yourself so you know it has all the capabilities you need. Yeah, I think that that's, in hindsight, one of the great opportunities that we had to, you know, first of all, um, father-son project and doing things together. And it was a neat opportunity and experience for us. But one of the things we ran into is that depending on the timing of your build will depend on availability of components to put in the PC. For instance, the GPU, right? Oh, my gosh. One of the things yeah. we ran into, the GPU. So the GPU that he wanted, um, we couldn't find. It's out of stock everywhere. And so we found a website, reasonably priced. Um, and when I say reasonably priced, it was only it was 25% above MSRP. <laughs> you know, there's a significant issue going on with resellers right now, um, buying up a lot of the inventory that's available on the retail market and then marking it up. And that's some of the issues we've been having with some of the components in here. So there, it didn't go off where, you know, we could just go on a list and, and order everything we needed. We had to find it from six or seven different places altogether um, from big retailers like Best Buy and Walmart all the way down to um, somewhat of a shady retailer out of Texas that we got the GPU from. Yeah. And when it did come, the, the package wasn't certainly an original package. It was packaging. in an egg carton. It and came it was, in an egg carton. It was carton. literally in an egg carton. And uh, so far, so good. It looks it uh, looks like it's supposed to be I what have it is. Run, but all right, I'm just going to say, I have run my benchmarks, and this is a 2060. However, I have heard that these guys are scammers, so you're kind of doing a 50-50 when you work with them, and they do so they do take the boxes, and then they sell the empty boxes and tell people there's a GPU inside, and these guys also take the back plates off the GPUs and the fans, and they replace them. For example, I do have a 2060, but it's got a different cooler and a different back plate. It's got, I think, a 1660 back plate and a 1660 cooler. Now, it's still more than enough, especially since I have plenty of case fans, but it's just, it's like, what do you, like, they're probably making fake GPUs, which is also a huge problem right now. It is not a good time to build a graphics card. I mean, honestly, the 30 RTX series basically hasn't even launched because nobody, unless you are, like, a, P, like a, a company that builds PCs and you have a direct supply line with NVIDIA, or you're somebody that's famous and they're going to send it to you or you're going to complain um you, you can't really get your hands on one it's just or if you want to pay you know three times its price to a reseller there's just no way you're getting your hands on these cards so so that was one of the challenges um you know to Jarek's point i think it was correct to say that it is pretty simple to put together but getting the components is the hard part and so being um What's nice about big boxes is they're your voice for the everyday consumer, right? They buy in enough bulk where you can buy from them. Um, the issue is is that these parts you can't get from them, these high-performance parts. So when, when we looked at what this is, all in all, it went together well. But there was another issue that we had had, and I'm somewhat of a, an old-school mechanical guy. So some of the, one of the issues we had is the machine would not power on. We thought that there was a problem with the power unit. We thought that, you know, I mean, because we wouldn't get any power at all. And one of the things we were reading about is you could have the RAM in the wrong slots. And to me, that doesn't make any sense at all because 
you should have power even if stuff's in the wrong spot. Well, these computers are so smart that they won't allow themselves to turn on unless everything is right. And in, again, in hindsight, realized, wow, that is amazing that it knows that things aren't right. And so it's not even going to allow itself to come on. So what we found was is that of the four RAM slots, we yes. had them in the wrong sequence. So you have two two card RAM cards. Well, um, let me let me actually um, uh, interrupt for a second. So what? So we had them in slots two and four. So you want to put them in either slots one and three or two and four. So they're optimized, and you can make sure the computer's reading both memory sticks. So some MSI motherboards sometimes will not boot unless the RAM slots are in, or unless the RAM slots filled are one and three, and we had them in two and four. So technically, we weren't wrong, but it was just something we kind of overlooked and didn't really think to look too far into the motherboard because I was going to go ASRock and switch for MSI at the last second, and it was something I should have been aware of. And what was amazing to me is once this came on and we moved those memory sticks, it's like the whole machine came to life. Well, one it more knew thing. It knew what it was doing. And then there was one more thing. There, the one more problem was that their front panel connectors were plugged into the wrong slots because we just kind of automatically assumed the first time that they could go in any pen at all, and we were wrong, so we had to spend a, a long time doing that. And then I think we damaged them because the my case light was always flickering, but I have a lot of RGB in my case, and that's a pure white LED light on the bottom. So I would have unplugged it anyways because it really did not look good. But... um. Yeah, but it was it was also pretty stressful. That was probably the hardest part of building the whole system was front panel connectors. Probably should have attached those first because by the time we had all the other cables and it was almost impossible to reach them. Yeah. Now, disclaimer there. He was with Dad, and Dad doesn't read directions unless he has to. And so um, it definitely had we followed along verbatim uh, like the professionals wrote them that put yeah. this together, uh, we would have probably been through it a little quicker. So, is there anything else, Jerick, you can think of on this topic? Oh, um, one more thing. There's a great website called PC Part Picker. Use it. I used it for the build. Then I realized that my motherboard was kind of false advertising because it said that it was Wi-Fi ready on the back. And then when I read the little letters under it, it said that it was just ready for a Wi-Fi card to be installed. So I went and I bought one and then I forgot to buy antennas. So I just sent it back and bought an Intel Wi-Fi 6 kit. And that was incompatible with my motherboard. And then I bought another one, but I didn't have a CD-ROM to install the drivers, and I didn't have a flash drive, so I just ordered a flash drive, and then I transported the drivers over to my PC, and finally I got internet after like a month of building it. So Yeah, that, that oh, was, wow, but that again... That was probably the craziest part. So definitely all, check compatibility before buying stuff. Yeah, and all part of the learning experience. Um, but it did end up very, very well. I'm very proud of them and very happy with it. Uh, certainly something that would have been very daunting to this dad, but uh, that's why this podcast is called Son One, Dad Zero. See you on the next episode.